Привет, друзья, and welcome back to Be Fluent in Russian podcast, a podcast where we learn Russian. Primarily, we train our listening and vocabulary. When we do have a chance, like today, we also will learn some cultural things that I've prepared for you guys that should be fun and should be interesting. And with these cultural points, I really aim for giving you guys like an insight to Russian culture and our upbringing and things like that. So I hope that this one for today is going to be exciting because I think that it's, uh, well, it's a special thing in my heart, I guess, that cultural thing that I'm about to talk about. So hopefully you will enjoy it too. But before we move into that, let's talk about some vocabulary. Today I have one, two, three, four, five, six ways of saying sorry in Russian. Of course, you know, as a learner, you just want to have any kind of phrase that you say to other people when, when you are truly sorry about something that you have done or you want to get their attention. So you say, sorry, excuse me, and you go ahead and ask them. But in Russian, we have six of them. And I guess I can narrow it down to just three. So three are going to be unique ones and three other ones are going to be forms of those first three. So enough of this preview information. Uh, the first word is izvini. 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 We say izvini when we say I'm sorry. Okay. When you did something um, maybe major or minor, it doesn't really matter. I think that you say sorry for a major mistake that you have done. When you did something unintentionally and hurt somebody, you say izvini. Or you can also, I guess, say izvini whenever you want to distract somebody or grab someone's attention without having to be rude. You say izvini. A more formal variation of this, a formal one, when you say izvini te. Okay? Whenever you, we're talking about like formal versions of verbs, most likely you're going to add that at the end. So извините means sorry, but it's formal. Used exactly the same as извини, but it's used with strangers. It's used with your, I guess, superiors, which is a professor or a boss or just an elderly person, maybe parents of your friends. You say извините to them. Okay? So think of this те at the end to show formality, like we have здравствуйте. Again, the same te because it's formal. So извините is a formal way to say I'm sorry or excuse me. And it can be used, like I said, to apologize, but also to say excuse me to grab someone's attention. Another form of this one is я извиняюсь. Я извиняюсь means I am saying sorry. Okay, so if the first one was sorry or forgive me, then this one is more of a I'm asking for forgiveness or I'm saying sorry. Я извиняюсь. Я извиняюсь. And all together, я извиняюсь. Okay? So, this one is, I guess, more, less used whenever we have to apologize for something. This one is mostly used to say, excuse me. Okay? Я извиняюсь. This one is just used to be polite, kind of. Okay? So, so far we have three. Извини, for informal, sorry. Извините, for a formal one. Я извиняюсь, for, I guess, more of a excuse me type. 
Okay? Then we have прошу прощения. Now this one is almost always used as excuse me. Прошу means I'm asking. Прощение means forgiveness. Прошу прощения means I'm asking for forgiveness. Once again, let's if you, if this is new to you, go ahead and repeat after me. Прошу прошу прощения. Прошу прощения. Ня at the end. Прошу прощения. Okay? Then we have прости. Прости means forgive me. Прости, I guess a fourth one is going to be прости меня. Прости меня means forgive me. This is not used to say excuse me. This is only reserved to say I'm sorry. Прости меня. Again, a formal version of this is простите меня. Again, we add this те. Простите меня. Okay, so informal прости меня. Informal простите меня. Alright, and that's all the six ways of saying sorry in Russian. If you didn't know about them, this is a good, I guess, um, new information for you because you, you need to say these things whenever you speak to someone. But if I were to simplify this, say excuse me with прошу прощения and say I'm sorry with извините. Извините is going to be, I guess, used for formal. If you can say it in almost any situation, even informal ones. Простите. Oh, sorry, извините. Извините is, uh, is going to be a formal way to say I'm sorry. Okay? And now onto the cultural note for today. This is something that I hold dear. Uh, and it's uh, something that just warms my heart every time I say this cartoon. I want to share this cartoon with you that I watched when I was young. Maybe like tens, maybe like 20 times total over my whole childhood. Probably every year twice <laughs> until I was 10. And the cartoon is called Troye is Prastakvashina, which means three from a village called Prastakvashina. Okay, again, Troye means three. Is means from Prastakvashina. It's the name of the village that they were in. I'm not sure if, actually if it's an actual village in Russia or USSR for that matter because this cartoon was made in the USSR years. But that's the name of it. And I truly recommend all of you guys to get acquainted with this cartoon. Because there's so many things in it that we a lot of the times in speech refer to. Uh, we say things, say the lines from that mo from the cartoon. We quote different kind of characters and what they stood for and what, what they were like. Especially when we try to compare someone to the characters from that show, from that cartoon. And uh, yeah, it's really fun. And the reason why I like this cartoon or it's it, it stuck with me is because the main character, his name is Dja Fyodor. Okay, which means Uncle Fedor. And my name is Fedor as well. I'm also Fyodor. And a lot, of, a lot of the times when I was young, people would just give me a nickname, Dja Fyodor. Because Fyodor, my name, is not that common in Russia. And so maybe I've met personally two Fedors in my life. Outside of myself, of course. So two other Fedors. Of course, I know, I know Fyodor, uh, Fyodor Dostoevsky. Dostoevsky is one. Uh, Fyodor Himelyaninka, if you're a fan of uh, the martial arts 
mixed martial arts, you know, Fedor Emelianenko is one. And uh, that's about it, I think, from the famous people. <laughs> Maybe I'm forgetting somebody very famous. But anyway, so it's a very rare name. Unlike Vladimir, unlike Michael, unlike Alexander, unlike Andrew, all other ones. And so that's why whenever people knew or found out that my name was Fedor, they almost instantly called me Jaja Fyodor. Almost instantly. Because everybody knows this cartoon. And it's like, I guess, a funny name to call somebody, especially if they're a young kid, call them uncle. It's kind of funny, right? So I truly recommend all of you guys to check check it out. Check that cartoon out and watch it. it I think there's three episodes to it. And uh, yeah, it should be, should be fun. I really, 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 really recommend it. And you will learn a lot. And now let's move on to the next part of the podcast. I'm going to read a story, a one-level story about a teacher. And this is a story from Lingua.com. And uh, I'm going to read it for the first time, just out loud, you know, kind of the whole text all together. And then I will give you some time to maybe think about it, what you understood from it and what you heard. And then I'm going to read it again. For the second time, I'm going to stop after every sentence and translate it with you. So you can see if you understood it well or not. And uh, this is a great pro- uh, practice for anybody of A1 level to train your listening. A lot of times we learn words, we learn maybe grammar, but listening is lacking. And we don't challenge ourselves to listen to Russian spoken stuff too often. And another great thing about this podcast is that you won't have any, any subtitles. You're not gonna have a text to read. And so you're kind of forced to understand it all by listening. So listen in closely and try to pay as much attention as you can. Maybe you're driving right now or maybe you are cooking right now. Uh, You might get a little bit distracted, but try to pay as much attention as possible to understand what's being said. Because I can guarantee that a few words that you won't understand, you actually knew them, but your listening wasn't developed enough for you to catch them right off the bat. So... The more you listen to these podcasts, the, the more progress you're going to make. And uh, that's good. So let's get right into this. The text is called Maya Uchitelnitsa, which means my teacher. Female teacher. Uchitelnitsa is female teacher. It's like teacher, teacherness, teacheress. <laughs> it's like actor, actress, teacher, teacheress. Maybe that's not a word. Anyway, let's get right into the text. Знакомьтесь, это Татьяна Петровна, моя учительница русского языка. У нее есть муж Николай и трое детей. У нее нет времени на домашних животных. Она встает в семь утра и едет в школу на машине. Когда она приезжает на работу, она готовит класс к уроку. Обычно она одета в длинную черную юбку и белую кофту. Она всегда носит золотые сережки. Это подарок ее мужа. Она очень добрая, любит свою работу и детей. Внимательно слушает учеников и понятно объясняет предмет. Школьники 
любят ее. Когда она приходит домой, она убирается, пылесосит, готовит ужин, купает детей и читает им сказки на ночь. Николай помогает ей по дому. Когда дети ложатся спать, она садится проверять домашние задания. По пятницам Николай и Татьяна ужинают в ресторане, а по воскресеньям отдыхают всей семьей в парке. That's it. That's the whole text. I'll give you a few seconds to think about this. And what did you understand from this? Just tell it to yourself. What did you catch from this? What is this story about? Describe the person that was described, the teacher that was described. Describe some things that you have understood from this text. All right, and now let's read this whole text again, sentence by sentence, and I'll give you time to translate them and see what you understood from each sentence. Знакомьтесь, это Татьяна Петровна, моя учительница русского языка. What does this sentence mean? This sentence means знакомьтесь means meet or get acquainted. Это Татьяна Петровна. This is Татьяна Петровна is the first name and patronymic. So her name is Татьяна. Her dad's name is, is Петр. That's why her full formal, formal name is Татьяна Петровна. So meet Tatiana Petrovna, or word to word is get acquainted. This is Tatiana Petrovna. And then they say, Maya Uchitilnitsa Ruskova Yezeka. My teacher of Russian language. Then the next sentence is a bit easier, I guess. Unio Yest Mush Nikolai E Troye Dite. What does this sentence mean? This one means she has a husband, Nikolai. And three kids. So the word I want to highlight here is troye. I'm sure you guys know the word tri, which means three. And troye means three off. Okay, three off something. Troye, typically three off people. So troye, детей, three kids. Troye, студентов, three students. Troye, учеников, three um, students, but in a, in, in a regular school, not university level. And so, troye is three of someone. You can use that as well in your own sentences outside of just simply saying three something. Then the next sentence is у нее нет времени на домашних животных. What does this sentence mean? This one means she doesn't have time for pets or for house animals or to word. У нее нет means she does not have. So, у is the first one. Нее is the second word. Нет is the third word. So, у нее нет means she doesn't have. And then, времени means time. Времени на time for, rather. And домашних животных means pets. But, again, word to word is house animals. Домашних is house or something that belongs to the house. And животных means animals. Then, the next sentence is она встает в семь утра и едет в школу на машине. What does this one mean? 
Она встает means she wakes up or she gets up. В 7 утра at 7 in the morning. И едет в школу на машине. And drives to school on a car or in the car. Or goes to school in a car. Teachers in Russia rarely drive cars because the salary is very, very small. And so the fact that they wrote this text saying that she drives a car to school is kind of funny to me. Especially considering the fact that not a lot of people even have cars in the first place in Russia. And schools are typically... You pretty much in Russia, you cannot choose a school. Or you can, but you have to kind of, I guess, convince the people to admit you to school. You are kind of assigned a school depending on your address, depending on where you live. Of course, that's that goes for typical schools. We have gymnasiums, which is like a step up. And then we have, um, I guess, another, it's called Litsei in Russian, but I'm not sure what it's called in, in English. It's another step up from gymnasium. And so if you go to one of those schools, then you can omit the rules of your proximity to school. And so we had, I went to a gymnasium. And I had a school closer to my house than the gymnasium that I went to. So the school that I was next to me, that was next to me was like 10 minute walk. And the other school was like 30 minute walk or maybe like seven minute bus ride. And so I went to the gymnasium because that was the closest gymnasium to my house. And so that's why the rules didn't apply to me as much because I went, I didn't go to a regular school. I went to like a higher, high, like a tougher school. And we also had another person who would drive, who would take two buses, you know, take on, take one bus, get off, get on a second bus to get to our school. So he would maybe like leave his home an hour before the school began. So, yeah. And so the fact that the teacher drove, drives a car to school, it's also kind of funny because... People typically walk to school, even teachers teachers as well. I don't think that we had anybody in our school who would drive. Besides, of course, the families and you know the kids. But teachers almost all, I think all of them walked to school. Then we have, когда она приезжает на работу, она готовит класс к уроку. What does this sentence mean? This one means when she comes to work or when she arrives to work, she prepares class to the lesson. So, когда она приезжает means when she arrives. На работу means to work. Она готовит means she prepares. Класс к уроку, she prepares a class for, for a lesson. Of course, class meaning the kids, not the actual physical building. Then we have... Обычно она одета в длинную черную юбку и белую кофту. What does this sentence mean? This one means typically she is dressed in a long black skirt and a white blazer or in a white sweater. So, обычно она одета means she is typically dressed в длинную Черную юбку in a long black skirt. И белую кофту and white sweater. Then, она всегда носит золотые сережки. 
This one is a bit more complicated because the words are not too common. Она всегда means she always or she is always. Носит means is wearing. So she's always wearing. Золотые сережки, gold earrings. Золотые сережки. Сережки means earrings. Это подарок ее мужа. What does this one mean? Это подарок ее мужа means this is a gift from her husband. Or it's a gift of her husband. The, the, the earrings, of course. Она очень добрая. Любит свою работу и детей. What does this first part of the next sentence mean? Она очень добрая. Kind of an easy part. She is very kind. Любит свою работу. Loves her job. И детей. And kids. So she loves her job and the kids. Внимательно слушает учеников. И понятно объясняет предмет. This part of a sentence is kind of hard to translate. If you didn't catch it, it's okay. Внимательно слушает учеников means she is attentively listening to the students or to the school kids. И понятно объясняет предмет. And explains the subject well or easy to understand. Понятно is when you are understanding it easily or in an like, accessible way, I guess. And... Um, Объясняет means explains. Предмет means subject. Предмет. Школьники любят ее. What does this one mean? Школьники любят ее means the school kids love her. Школьник is a school student. Школьник. Because школа in Russian is school. And not like a general term that we have in English. School can be, you know... Elementary school all the way to university, it's all school, right? It's more like a general term. In Russia, or in Russian language, школа is school elementary to high school. That's it. The rest is not going to be called школа anymore. So, школьник is a person who goes to школа, to elementary to, to high school. Когда она приходит домой, I guess we can start... Yeah, we can stop here for this part. Когда она приходит домой. What does this part of the sentence mean? Когда она приходит домой means when she arrives home. Когда она приходит домой. Then it continues to what she does when she gets home. Она убирается, пылесосит, готовит ужин. I guess we can stop here as well. Она убирается, пылесосит, готовит ужин. What does all of this mean? This one means she cleans up or she is clean, cleaning up. Готовит, oh, sorry, она убирается means she's cleaning, cleaning up. Пылесосит, she vacuums. Пылесосит, in, in fact, this one, if we were translated word to word, пыль means dust. Сосит means sucks. So she, she sucks up the uh, dust. <laughs> but that's the verb for to vacuum, okay? I guess the vacuum cleaner does suck up all the dust. Then, готовит ужин means she prepares dinner. The third part of the sentence goes, купает детей и читает им сказки на ночь. What does this third part, very complicated part, mean? 
Купает детей means she bathes the, the kids or she washes the kids. I guess her kids are young and that's why she has, has to bathe, bathe them or, or wash them. И читает им сказки на ночь and reads them, reads them fairy tales to sleep. На ночь means for the night, but it's, I guess, closer to she reads them fairy tale to sleep. Kind of like that. Николай помогает ей по дому. What does this sentence mean? Kind of easy. Николай helps her around the house. So, Николай помогает means he helps or Николай helps. Ей to her or helps her. По дому means around the house. So, по space дому. In house or on house or around the house. Когда дети ложатся спать, она садится проверять домашние задания. What does this long sentence mean? Когда дети ложатся спать means when kids go to sleep. Она садится проверять домашние задания means she sits down to check homework. So домашние задания means homework. I guess her students' homeworks. When we were in school, for example, if we had some homework to do, right, we would, a teacher would collect our, I guess, papers or our notepads. We would write down all of our homework. Like, let's say we would write a date, 10.05, which means 10th of May, and then the homework number so-and-so. And then task number one and then we write out first first part we write the whole thing out i guess we fill in all the blanks for russian language maybe it's a theory question and then we write out all the theory answers put this word in the right form or make sure that you like write a whole text about some topic and then they collect not just that one paper not just that one task but the whole notebook of all the tasks that we have done after that point as well and um, yeah, they, they collect it and then they check it and give us a grade right in that notepad. And it goes from two to five. So two being the lowest grade. Three is when you have a lot of mistakes, a whole lot of mistakes. Four is when you have like a few mistakes. And a five, you might have one mistake and it's, it's still going to be a five. It's like an A. Okay, so the last sentence of this text is По пятницам Николай и Татьяна Ужинают в ресторане. What does this first part mean? По пятницам means on Fridays. Николай и Татьяна. Николай и Татьяна. Ужинают в ресторане. They dine or they have dinner at a restaurant. Again, something very unusual for a teacher. Maybe her husband makes more money. <laughs> That's why they can afford a car and go to restaurants on Fridays. А по воскресеньям... Отдыхают всей семьей в парке. What does this part mean? And this one means, and on Sundays, they rest or they go out as a whole family to park. So, по воскресеньям means, on Sundays, отдыхают, they rest or they chill or they hang out. Всей семьей, as a whole family, в парке means at a park. And that's the whole, that's the whole text. How close were you after the first time I read this text? How close were you in the translation or in understanding uh, after we translated? 
maybe you were pretty close, maybe not. If you weren't, it's okay. Because the more you listen to these kind of podcasts and challenge yourself to actually give a breakdown of what you heard, the more you learn. And the more you listen, the more you listen to these podcasts, the more you improve. And one day you're gonna hear native speech, you're gonna understand it all without any issues. And that's the day you're gonna say, Well, thank God for all those podcasts with Fedor. I'd be fluent in Russian <laughs> podcasts, and uh, it really paid off. Even though in the moment it may feel like you're not making that much progress, but by listening to it time and time and time again, I can guarantee you that your listening improves. And hopefully you have a capability too. And that's it. I'll see you all over at our BeFluent class platform, where we do have a whole bunch of dialogues and Russian stories in Russian, also with audios, also with translations. And so you can you can head over to BeFluent class platform with the link in the description, and you will learn a whole lot. The URL is BeFluentClass.com, or if you want to go to a landing page, BeFluentInRussian.com slash register. And you will see all the features that we have before you sign up, so you can know what you're getting into. And that's it. I'll see you all during the next podcast. Пока-пока.